So this past week we had a few marvelous events. Uh, Thursday night we had Doug Berry here and the guys all showed up and we knelt before our Lord in adoration, you know, the knights kneeling before their king. We got all cleaned up in the sacrament of reconciliation and then up to the school we went for an amazing dinner and an incredible talk by Doug. Um, the gist of his talk was we got to be leaning forward, you know. If we're back on our heels, we're going to get knocked over. And we do that by, you know, it's a strong discipline in our prayer life, but even like taking care of our physical health and things like that. But, uh, but we want to be like the racers, you know, in the starting blocks, waiting for the starter's pistol to, to sound. So we're ready to go, right? And, uh, and then uh, yesterday morning, we had our bishop here, and uh, this place was just jammed with people who came to pray with the bishop. Uh, the rosary, we actually exposed, he, the bishop exposed us the sacrament, and we and he gave his benediction as well. Uh, but it was a beautiful, beautiful time. Uh, lots of souls showed up. We just wanted to be at one with each other, show appreciation for what bishop's doing, and just pray for our church going forward. It's just a glorious time, and then a, a great reception afterwards, and uh, it's, it's all good. But on Wednesday, I'm sorry, third, no, it was Wednesday. <laughs> it was Thursday, okay. Uh, I'm trying to get my date straight. That, I had my 25th anniversary. Now, what am I talking about? Well, many of you here have heard this story. 25 years ago, this past Thursday, it was 1998, and it was the Feast of the Presentation. Okay, February 2nd, 1998, that I got to go to my first Papal Mass. And I want to bring it in the context of what we're talking about today, because I think it's very appropriate. But what happened to me then? Well, I went, oh, this is going to be great. You know, it's John Paul II at the time. And, uh, oh, this will be nice, you know, St. Peter's Basilica. But I wasn't prepared for what happened to me. First of all, it started with uh, my friend and I were standing in the back. We got there too late to get a seat. And uh, there was like a thousand priests there. But the usher, just five minutes before the Mass was about to start, he signaled us to follow him. And he started going up the aisle, which is like a city block long in that huge basilica. And uh, he just, I, I thought maybe we'd get like six rows from the back or something. No, he kept going and going and going and going. And he put us with the cardinals and bishops with our, with velvet kneelers and everything. And, and Pope uh, John Paul II's chair was like right there. Right there close to him. In fact, when he recessed out, he, he walked right by us, like right there. And it was... It was amazing, but what happened to me was, as Mass was starting, uh, first of all, enthralled by that beautiful basilica, and, uh, and just being around so, so many holy and devout people, but then the music began, and it was like ours. You know, it wasn't the modern music, no, it was this angelic, uh, beautiful motets and polyphony, and it just filled your soul, and you felt like the angels were singing, and you were in heaven. And then the procession started, and just like our, our guys process. But it wasn't common back then. And they had the beautiful cassocks and surpluses back then, which again, wasn't common back then. And, the, and swinging the incense and wasn't common back then, right? And so it just kind of took you, it, 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 it shocked you, you know, and with this music and, and, and the vest. And then the priest came in, and here comes John Paul II, and, uh, 
And, and then the whole mass, it was, parts of it were in Latin. I think to this day, if I'm not mistaken, St. Peter's Basilica, you need to receive the Lord on the tongue, kneeling, even though it's allowed everywhere else, right in the heart of our church, it's, it's not. At least it wasn't at that time. I'm pretty sure it still isn't. But even that, you know, so all of that, all of that um, catapulted me into feeling like I, like I was truly in heaven. And then the lights came on in my head, and I went, we've got to duplicate this everywhere, okay? We've got to. It was a transformation for me. Because why? Because what I received... And in retrospect, I understood what I received was what we've talked about so much, the gift of fear of the Lord. You're so awesome. I'm afraid of offending you. I'm putting you first. Every thought, every word, every decision, everything that I do is based on, is this going to please you, Abba, Daddy, Papa in heaven? That's what happened to me. And boom, what happened was then I was open to all the gifts of the Holy Spirit in that place. And I've taught that Pope Gregory the Great actually ordered the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that was the first one. So I call it the gateway to all the rest. And, and so it was. And, and, and so that's what we've been doing. That's what we've been doing, so that we can get ignited by the power of the Holy Spirit. But it won't come unless we take our faith seriously. And that's the word I want to use. You know, it, it, I think... For quite some time in our church, we've been trying to water it down, make it easy, not take it too seriously because maybe the philosophy was, well, if it's too serious, then people won't blah, blah, blah. Uh, and uh, abysmal failure. Because once you water it down, thin it out, make it casual, not take it too seriously, well, they might stay for a while, but they're going to leave. Because, you know, I don't have to prove my love to God. I can sleep in on Sunday morning. See what I'm saying? It, it, it cultivates that. And what are we talking about? Well, you ever see uh, the bumper stickers on people's cars? John 3.16. Where'd I put it? Somebody took my paper. Um... Well, I'll do it off the top of my head because I think I can. I know I can. What was, so what is John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. A lot of people have that as a bumper sticker because they feel it just sums it all up. And, and, and who is it for? For God so loved the world. See what I'm saying? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son Right? So that we might have eternal life. And so somebody who deems to want to put that on their bumper, turn a place. I think where I was on February 2nd, 1998, and I believe since that time, 25 years this Thursday. But what have we been doing? Well, I find it interesting, John 3.16. Let's turn the Bible to all the way to the end and get to the book of Revelations. Revelation 3.16. You know what it is? Well, 
Let me do the first just before it. Oh, how I wish you were hot or cold. And here's Revelation 3.16. So, because you are neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. What? Now, first of all, why is cold okay? Well, because we see cold, and it doesn't impact us. It doesn't cultivate anything in us because we go cold. That's cold. They lost their faith. I don't want that. So it doesn't impact us. But lukewarm does. It's dangerous. Because it does what? It trains each of us to go cash. To sleep in on Sunday morning if you want, you know. Right? Oh, you know, abortion's okay. I'm still Catholic. Oh, you know, gay marriage. I'm still Catholic. Because I don't have to prove my love to God. I mean, we don't have to take this thing too seriously. Blah, 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 blah. Look around. Family members, friends. Who have they been conditioned by? The cold? No. The lukewarm. But because you're lukewarm, I vomit you out of my mouth. That's harsh words coming from God. Do you see? I'm going to wind this up now, okay? Those guys that showed up, and I'm sorry if you weren't able to make it. It was a glorious evening, but I told those guys, you're the tip of the spear. You know, you brave the cold, for one thing. It was that, what was it, feels like seven below, no, 25 below at the, at the time. I actually introduced Doug this way. You know how people bring warmth and sunshine into your life? Well, Doug goes to the Dallas airport to get his flight to come here, and they have an historic freeze. And he was can his flight was canceled twice. And then he finally gets a flight here, and it's 25 below. I was joking, of course. But it was. It, was, it feels like, felt like... So some guys, you know, not too cold. And some guys legitimately couldn't make it. But I told those guys, I said, listen, how's the church, the world, going to be saved? Not through the lukewarm. In fact, the lukewarm is doing the most damage, more damage than the cold. That's why God said, I'm vomiting you out of my mouth. Okay? But it's the hot. And you're it. You're the tip of the spear. You're on fire. And see, that's what we're working on. In how we worship, in how we pray. We've been training, haven't we? The best possible way to pray. How do we get in close and intimate with our Lord? Loving on each other. So that what? So that that light can get in. And light us up. And that light goes out to everyone around us. They'll know you by your good deeds. Your good deeds. Not by you telling them you're Catholic. No, they're going to see these people lit up. It, it felt like 25 below and you came out. <laughs> That's a good deed. It's pretty impressive. Do you see? 
The hot is, are going to save the world. You know what the other name for that is? You're the remnant. Okay? You're the tip of the spear. Y'all are. All right? So we can't be influenced, for sure, by the cold. Those who are cold-hearted. But not the lukewarm either. In fact, we got to be that compelling force. They will, they will know your love by the good deeds that they see. They'll see, in other words, that you're taking this seriously. Oh, we're supposed to take it seriously? Okay. <laughs> or more probably, look at those people. They found something. They're lit up. They're taking this seriously. They love God. You can see it. Because a lot of people can profess to love God, but you don't see them actually doing anything about it. In other words, loving people like God loves them. Seeing need and taking care of it. You know? What's our mission? I mean, each one of us has been called to different missions in our lives, but every day we're given missions. I always like to see the image of uh, just standing next to someone in the grocery line. There's your mission, right? We're seeing a world that's stuck in that emptiness and darkness. They need to find a way out. You're it. You're it. You are the salt of the earth. You spice people's lives up. Right? Isn't that a bland existence? This is a celebration, my friends. Let's get in. Let's get with this celebration let's celebrate every day in gratefulness for all that god has done were you with me you're the salt of the earth you're the light of the world okay i'm the light but you know i don't really want to be around people and i don't want to say anything no you're not a light you're under a bushel basket get up on that lampstand don't just shine glow with the light of Christ. See, that's what we're working on. And I love, love, love how dedicated you are. You are the tip of the spear. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.